We are all born with a purpose, yet identifying what that is can be very challenging. It can be even more challenging to find purpose in your business. So, is it possible to find purpose in your business and make profit at the same time? Not only is it possible, but a business led by purpose can be even more profitable than one that is simply led by profit. Join Robert Fukui as he explores how to be purpose-led and profitable while making a positive impact in your community. Good morning. This is Robert Fukui with the Purpose and Profitability Podcast here where we believe that having a profitable purpose-led business can lead to community transformation. And great Monday morning, everyone. Um, we're leading into the Thanksgiving weekend, so hopefully everyone got ready to prepare for the turkey and all the family and friends that you're going to be dealing with or, or hosting or whatever. So I'm um, really excited to do this, this podcast right as we lead into Thanksgiving weekend. And I've got a, a special guest this morning and uh, my first international guest uh, from, from live from Mexico City. It's Patty Anaya. And she does some, um, some great work down there in Mexico City that you're going to get to hear a lot more about. This is a, a little bit different, a little bit different direction from our typical podcast where we're really dealing with uh, different business, business acumen and skills to help you, um, you know, boost your business and make it more profitable. But also, but part of the, the title of this podcast is around, perp- around purpose, and so one of the reasons why I invited Patty here and you're here is because of what she does in her business is really being led by purpose and making a big social impact and a big impact in people's lives and a social impact. And so Patty has a, a consulting and a coaching business down there in Mexico City called Mission Character Mexico. Um, she's had a lot of uh, some part of it. Part of her experience is as a journalist and social researcher. And back in uh, between 2000 and 2007, she coordinated and was in charge of one of the largest uh, market research studies around families. And it was called the Mexican Family Study. And it was the largest, I guess, research um, that was done on, uh, with families in Latin America. And right now she does a lot of uh, one-on-one coaching and public speaking. She's fresh off her TED Talk in Mexico City this weekend. Uh, so I want to hear a little bit more about that. And and her, her company, what she does is... is really um, helps people and families uh, build uh, healthy families based on sound principles and uh, build healthy cultures, uh, boost social impact, social capitals. Um, but one of the primary things she does is uh, has a passion around prevention of, of, of women, abuse on women. And she even gets not just um, deals with adults, but actually goes into the schools, into the high schools and helps kids and, and males understand the, the value of women from the very beginning to hopefully prevent these different types of abuses that lead to all kinds of stuff, not just the, sometimes abuse also leads to sex trafficking, some of those things. So all these, she's having a huge impact in that area and which makes a big impact in society, of course. And so I want to hear more about her. So again, like I said, this is a little bit different than my typical topics, but because of what she's doing and making such an impact in people's lives. And she's doing it through her business because she still has to make a living with this. So it's still a business, but yet her business is led by purpose. And so I'm um, really excited to hear um, about what Patty's doing. And I'm sure you're going to make, um, I'm sure you're going to learn a lot too. So Patty, welcome. Thank you. I, I feel so honored to be your guest and the first international. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm, I'm very happy for this talk. 
And I really know that it's going to be helpful, helpful for everyone. So um, I, you, you were talking about uh, my work in prevention. And I want to say first that prevention is something that everyone has to have in mind because we are reactive and corrective uh, into business and in every area of our lives. So we have a reaction when something's broke or when something is not going uh, working as we want to. And also we are corrective when the things get out of our control. So uh, prevention is something that we have to talk into the companies as well into the society. So I work in prevention and the prevention has three levels. The first one is the general prevention. So we make prevention to talk about the principles and the values and what is important, what um, behaviors we want to have. So if you have a business, it's the same for you. Uh, if you have a family, it's the same for you because we have to make uh, this prevention to let everyone knows what we want to uh, have to expect from uh, everyone and what are the rules, what uh, are the consequences, what are the, uh, the, uh, the rewards if we do something or not. Mm -hmm. So this, this uh, is what we call primary prevention. Uh, the second level is a secondary, the secondary prevention is when we work uh, with the people in risk, when we have that there is people that it's going to have some more factors to be vulnerable. Uh, in my case, in some um, violence level, uh, and that's we were that I work with the high schools because in Mexico, like in other countries, the violence begins uh, when we are a child, and we have a very very big problem with the violence uh, against the woman and also with the human trafficking. So the best time to work is in the high schools because it's the people mm -hmm. that are in risk. And uh, uh, also, we have the third level of prevention. And prevention, uh, tertiary prevention, is when we work with the people that it's already in the problem. The people, for example, in my case, the people that it's already in a violence relation and the people that maybe it's a survivor of human trafficking or with the people in jails. So there we, we are going to work with prevention to reduce the damage and to prevent that um, these people don't, do not uh, get in, in more danger. So these three levels, I also work with the business because, for, for example, in a business you have a problem of fraud or a values or a dishonesty. And we can work in a company with these three levels as well as we work in the society. That's, that's the, the focus that I do. 
Well, so you deal with everyone from um, young to, to old, right? Yeah. Um, prevention, but even after things have happened to try to even help them to kind of be basically rehabilitate their own mind, their own mindset, their own process and how they deal with women. So I want to hear a little bit more about, um, so I want to hear a little bit more about how you got started and I mean, you can go back as far as you want. I have a little bit about your, more of your bio, but I want to hear a little bit more about how you got to this point to do the kind of work that you're doing. Because um, what, what was it that, what your life experiences and maybe what triggered you to, to do this kind of work? Okay. Um, I, I am a journalist. Uh, and I, since I was young, I want to change the world, like <laughs> too many people. <laughs> and I really um, care, since I'm young, to understand the behavior, the human behavior. Because I think that if you learn something bad, you can learn something good. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so the violence is something we learn. So we can... Uh, change that if we if we understand what's happening in the mind and the, in the culture mm -hmm. to push us to some behaviors. So that's why I, I study journalism and I specialize specialize in research, in social research. Mm -hmm. So I began to study poverty and development, community development, and I soon realized that the problem was, was uh, as well the culture, but the mindset that everyone has. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's when I began uh, with my purpose, but it was very, very strong at some point of, me, of my uh, prof professional career because I was already a um, uh, recognized research and I was uh, the coordinator of some research, some studies in Mexico. Uh, when I was in a meeting, uh, and in this meeting, it was for people from academy. Uh, but in the audience, it was a, a farmer, um, uh, some guy that doesn't belong there. <laughs> and at some point, this guy has the courage to ask to all the audience, I was in the podium, and he asked, uh, I heard that here uh, you are, were talking about family and the strengths and, and how to be better with the family. Mm -hmm. So I want to know how to recover mine. Mm -hmm. And that, that was uh, something that struck me because mm -hmm. Uh, I at that at that point I know a lot of the family I know mm -hmm. a lot of the statistics and I have all this theory in my mind mm -hmm. but I don't know uh, I didn't know in that moment how to answer that man mm -hmm. uh, I, I have three years old this was eighteen years ago mm -hmm. and. And my life and my family uh, was broken too. Mm -hmm. So it was a, a tipping point for me. It was uh, this trigger mm -hmm. that you said, mm -hmm. because at that point, I focused and strengthened my character. I realized that it was not only knowledge, but it's uh, about to know yourself 
and to have these guides, these guidelines uh, that I call principles that you make can make better decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I began at that point to work in myself and to recover me, <laughs> to recover my family, uh, to recover my health, mm. because I, I'm a workaholic person. <laughs> yeah. And and that's and that point in that in that time I, I have a very very problem very big problem because mm. I was all the time working because these social issues they involve you so mm. yeah uh, it's very frustrating because as as well you are doing a lot there is too too there is a lot of people that is in problems there there is a violence growing so. Uh, so at that that point, I began to study uh, human development. I began to study coaching, and I began to study all the things that allowed me to make this bridge, to connect the no- the knowledge, the academic knowledge, to the, the daily lives, to the people in all in all this. Um, uh, kinds of uh, areas, uh, uh, farmers, uh, prisoners, uh, uh, teenagers, and make this ability to talk with everyone, to know more about them, and also to teach how we can uh, recover our character, our strength, and how can we also contribute with the social capital mm-hmm. that I think that is one of the most uh, important things for all of us. Yeah. You know, you, you talked about the research, how when you're doing all the research, you start to understand what was going on um, and maybe a little bit about how, what was triggering all this, this violence against women, but that you weren't, it, you needed to now, you now, uh, bridged over to the let's fix. We got to fix it. We either prevent it or fix it, right? The research yeah. shows us what's going on, but a lot of people aren't doing anything about it. And you know, even here in the U.S., we we talk about um, violence against women, abuse, sexual abuse, um, uh, physical abuse. But um, there are some people that are doing it, and there's some people who are just kind of um, casting stones or just pointing fingers. But no, they're not doing anything to prevent it or to yeah. to deal with it. And so. What you're doing is great, you know, especially as you're going into the high schools, because you need to teach them young before, <laughs> before they become adults and really start to uh, abuse, abuse women. And so, you know, this is um, so important because I think, you know, even here in the U.S. I and mean, like I said earlier before we got on the podcast, a lot of news about violence against women, uh, physical and sexual abuse, and we're hearing it, we're seeing it in politics and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, Addressing it before it gets started is is hugely important, and I don't know what they're doing here in the schools either. I mean, I know they have some kind of training, but um, but what talk to me about what that's like in the schools? Because I know you said you have the next three weeks you're going to be dealing with uh, fifty schools or something like that, right? So, yeah, that's what does that training look like um, in high schools? Oh, okay. Thank you, Robert. Um, you know, there is something that um, many people doesn't uh, know because because we don't have any training about this. And now uh, I think that it's 
something very necessary because we um, we make some um, some opinions that maybe are wrong. For example, uh, when one woman or any person are into a violent relation, uh, something happened before that. And um, one thing that happened was uh, something that we call a syndrome of learned helplessness. So, learned helplessness? Yeah. Okay. Thank you mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. My, my pronunciation. Is, no, no, no problem. <laughs> is, is something, something is not so clear, so thank you if you can correct me. That's fine. So this, this, uh, this is when a, peop- when a person uh, was in that systematic violence. Mm-hmm. And this, um, this, uh, this cause that the person cannot uh, see possibilities to get out of mm-hmm. the violence. Mm-hmm. It's uh, like something that happened in our mind. Uh, and the mind make that to prevent us. Uh, there is um, an author that maybe you have heard about him is the uh, Daniel Goleman. Okay. Uh, and Daniel Goleman uh, talk about that we have an, um, an we change uh, this emotional pain uh, for less awareness mm. and uh, blind blind point, uh, but blind spot is the name of that mm. in English. So this is what something that our mind does for us. Mm-hmm. So the people and the woman that are in a violent relation really cannot see that is wrong uh, or that have some possibility mm-hmm. because also is the people around uh, them around uh, she that uh, make a lot of judgment mm-hmm. so this this is something that make that the violence grows mm-hmm. so when i work in the high schools with the teenagers uh, we talk about uh, the romantic love uh, we talk about um, what is violence because we have normalized uh, the violence. We, mm-hmm. we have doing the, that all the time. So we talk about that what is correct and what not. We talk mm-hmm. about how and the romantic love. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we can confuse uh, love with control. Uh, mm-hmm. Love with... Um, uh, obsession. Mm-hmm. So um, that helps because, uh, for example, in human trafficking in Mexico, uh, this is one of the of the tools that the people uh, use to engage women, mostly young women. Mm-hmm. They um, they make uh, that they fall in love. And that's the the hook they they use to mm-hmm. to um, to take them uh, yeah. far away. So, and also in in the violence, um, this is uh, the beginning because when you are in love, you cannot uh, see uh, mm-hmm. with all the reality. Mm-hmm. And if we have a me- emotional needs, we we can feel 
in these abusive relations. So it's the beginning. That's why we are going to make prevention in that uh, because nobody is teaching in yeah. the schools about character, about love, about mm. emotions, about how to make decisions. Mm. And I think that sometimes is most important that geography or mathematics, mm -hmm. uh, because it's going uh, to be your tools, to, to your skills, to the life. Mm. Yeah. So maybe somebody that is hearing us, uh, uh, you have a company, and also in your company, um, it, it could be violence. Mm -hmm. It could be um, a very inequity mm -hmm. between men and women. Mm -hmm. And that's the beginning of the violence. Yeah. And then uh, what you're talking about too is bringing awareness to the woman about what's, what was love versus what's just, you know, something that's not, not healthy and it can be bringing you into the bad situation and a bad relationship. So what about on the male side about how are you able to be able to um, show them a better way of treating women? Because yeah. obviously the same thing is that they could be raised in a family that um, where the male, where the dad was violent to the, to the mother and then he's learning that behavior. Yeah. So how does that come about, especially with teenagers, teenage male, yeah. uh, how, how are you able to do that? <laughs> yeah, that's a very good question. Uh, this this prevention we make uh, as well to to girls and boys because it's a sec secondary prevention. And something that is good to to have in mind it's the violence. It's a problem, a systematic problem between uh, girls and boys because uh, the the men or the boy that it's violent. Um, it's uh, it's also a victim of this violent system. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that we have to work with both. With, with both, and in the high schools, we we did we we do that. Sorry, mm -hmm. we do that. We we work with that with two genders, and we talk as well of these um, issues. And what we do is to make, for example, an sketch or something that the kids make to uh, get awareness about uh, the behavior uh, from male behavior and female behavior. And they figured it out how to change that. And, and also uh, I work in other level with uh, the police or uh, inmates. And then we work um, with um, the dignity, the human rights, um, the liberty of each one person, um, besides that we are female or male. And that's another um, prevention we can make. And there are also another organizations that work with masculinity. And not mine, but I have too many friends that work with how to strengthen masculinity and how to teach the man to have a better emotional health. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we have to do because they are also victims mm -hmm. of a violent system. How's that working with uh, prisoners, inmates? Because <laughs> it sounds like oh. it would be uh, an, an interesting, potentially violent situation to probably they probably don't even want to 
be there or listen to you for say, I don't know what, but so what is that like to? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, the first time that I, that I went to work and to jails, uh, I, well, I, I have panic. I have so much <laughs> okay. fear. Yeah, I I say why I say yes to this project. <laughs> yeah, it was very very frightening. But as soon as I get in, uh, I have uh, some advice from from some guy into a jails because he saw me. He saw that I that I was afraid. So. Uh, I, I remember with, with much respect this guy because he he came to me and he said to me, you don't have to have to, to be afraid. They are they they are more afraid than you. Oh yeah. Wow. Because they are afraid that you are going to make judgment mm. over them. Mm. And if you if if something happens to to you here they are going to pay the consequences. Mm. Though, so they, they are more afraid than you, but mm. you don't have to, to, to think that there are inmates. Mm -hmm. There are the brother of somebody, the son of somebody, the father of mm. somebody. Mm. There are people like you that make a mistake mm -hmm. uh, or too many mistakes, but, yeah. but there are uh, some uh, like you and they have the same problems and the same same thoughts and the same pain mm -hmm. that you or anybody get, uh, there out there. Wow. So, so that help helps me a wow. lot. So that brings, as you say that, I'm thinking. So what's the difference between that teenager that you're dealing with in the high school versus the inmate in jail? <laughs> okay. Much difference, other than the fact that they're you know they got convicted of a crime, but. Do you see any differences between those two people? Uh, yeah, I I think that um, when when I work in, in uh, with the inmates, uh, I really love that work because um, not not everyone, but they they pay attention. They really want to learn, um, and also uh, there are people that that there are going to to be. Um, uh, against you or rebel or, or make mm -hmm. some some noise, but but there are a few. Mm -hmm. uh, the difference is that teenagers, everyone is going to want to have the control of the group because they want to to get notice. Mm -hmm. They want the recognition. Mm -hmm. sure, sure. So uh, that's why we think that they are difficult, but they are not. If you give them the space to express themselves, it's easier. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's very uh, high energy demand mm -hmm. with the teenagers uh, because they are not going to believe everything you said. Mm -hmm. They are very challenged, mind challenged, and they are very, very. Um, um, they they are going to be like. Um, before you are in front of them, they already uh, don't believe what are you going to sure. say. Yeah. Yeah. And the difference with inmates is that the inmates, uh, they want to believe. If you, want, if you have something that is useful to make better decisions, to make 
uh, a better relation with the families or reconnect with the families. Mm -hmm. They want to hear you, uh, really want to, to believe mm -hmm. you because mm -hmm. they need and they already make the mistakes. Mm -hmm. And it's very difficult. I prefer to work with inmates and teenagers for mm -hmm. example, <laughs> than work with people uh, with a very high academic profile mm -hmm. because they don't believe anything <laughs> at all. <laughs> they know more. They think yeah, they know everything. they know more all the yeah. time. Yeah. So it sounds like, sounds like the difference is, I mean, you know, when you're describing the activities and the actions of the inmates versus the teenagers, sounding very similar, but I think in essence, um, the inmates you said are more hungry because they've already paid the consequences. They've seen yeah. the consequences. And yeah. so what are the teenagers? They don't know any better because they haven't dealt yeah. with any consequences yet. Yeah, that's right. Um, so it's very interesting because I think that, um, you know, that we have a lot of um, biases or, or, or um, assumptions about what inmates are. And so what you're sharing is that, you know, these people are, you know, they're hungry for, to, for information that can help them be better because they they pay the consequences and for most of most part they don't they don't want to be there they want to make the corrections but they don't know how so it sounds like they're willing to reach out and and be get help right one of the things i've I heard too i mean as you're just describing your program and you know obviously it's it's more focused around prevention and dealing with the you know uh, violent issues or, or or sexual abuse issues, but also even I think it helps people in general do better relationships, even if they're not in a violent relationship or because, you know, you're talking about how some women, they fall into the wrong relationship because of the pa past experiences. And so even if they don't fall into a violent relationship, they can still go into a relationship that's not healthy and maybe they get uh, emotional abuse. And even for for the men because they haven't grown up in an environment that they had a healthy family environment that they also don't give, you know, um, deliver their own healthy environment when they get married or in some kind of relationship. So it sounds like this can even help people, even if they're not in a violent relationship or, or sexually abusive relationship anyway. Right. It's just that it's just a matter of escalation. You talked about trying to prevent something now because it can escalate into something bad later. Um, yeah. So, Great, I mean, great work. You're doing a lot of, you're doing great work, Patty, out there, and I'm, I'm glad um, I was able to have you on. So we're kind of at that the half an hour. So I want to give you one last opportunity to share any anything for our, our listeners, anything that you feel can help them. Um, well, whatever's on your mind, what what's something you want to say? Oh, thank you. Uh, I think that maybe sometimes when I have doing this work. There are two things. The first one is that maybe we're making a separation between the social issues and the business issues. Mm -hmm. And as well, we have these violence problems uh, in our society. Everyone uh, that us are part of society. So prevention is something that uh, uh, concerns everyone because uh, for example, into the business, when somebody is uh, with problems in their uh, relations, it, it, it doesn't have to be a lot of violence. Any kind of violence, any kind of inequity in our relations uh, provokes pain, mm -hmm. emotional pain. 
And when somebody in your company has emotional pain, uh, this person is not going to work as well as he could or she could. Mm-hmm. Uh, because this attention and the skills, abilities are going to, to be um, uh, low because the emotional pain. Mm-hmm. So uh, some, sometimes we are thinking the violence as something that is very physical mm-hmm. or something that is very big. But mm-hmm. no, the violence, it's every day in our lives only because the media. For example, um, sometimes you can sow uh, a lot of violence into a movie or in, in, in the society and into the news, and that makes you anxious. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's something that is going to affect your productivity. And some people, when we work these programs, they said, no, you have to work the prevention uh, in the high schools or, or the women that are already in these relations. And that's something that I have in mind, that we have to make prevention uh, in every every corner of this planet because yeah. the violence is growing more than a lot. Yeah. So that's the first one, first idea. And the second idea is that uh, the problems that I have to to work with into the high schools or the jails or uh, with the police. Um, um, it, they can be reduced or prevent if we can talk more about character, about principles and values in our companies, in mm-hmm. our business, and our families. And if we make some uh, work in it, if we teach more about that, if, you, if we make some reflection, more reflection mm-hmm. about that, mm-hmm. uh, so we are going to make this contribution in the prevention of violence. And for example, in the business, we have some values. Every business, every company has a, business, uh, uh, a core values. Mm-hmm. You have honesty, honesty or you have um, maybe... Um, um, moderation or uh, passions or any value that you have. But we, we know uh, because the studies that the people uh, hear the values but not really understand what behaviors uh, implies. And also, even they know which one are the behaviors, it's not easy to mm-hmm. get it in the daily basis. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's why we have a lot of frauds or, or shitting or, or, mm-hmm. or lies into, mm-hmm. the, into the business world. Yeah. And this is also part of the same. So we, we have to make more prevention and less uh, programs or reaction or correction mm-hmm. because they're expensive, mm-hmm. uh, sure. more expensive than prevent. Um, because uh, when we get to that point to correct and react, we already lose something, mm-hmm. lose our relation, lose the self-esteem, lose mm-hmm. money, mm-hmm. or even lose a business. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, definitely for the, the business owners that are listening, you know, we've seen so much in the news here in the U.S. about um, workforce violence as well as sexual abuse and all that. I mean, improprieties from the president of the company all the way down to employee. 
and preventing having someone like Patty come in and doing these workshops and preventing these kind of issues can save, will save a lot of money because I mean, yeah. you get sued, people quit. Um, there's so many things that come out of that that we've seen. And so, yeah, it's much, like you said earlier, it's, it's much cheaper to prevent it than it is to have to deal with it later. I'm sure insurance companies would love to, you know, have you come into a lot of yeah. these companies and, and do this kind of prevention because they're the ones that usually have to pay out um, as well as the companies. So, you know, um, how, do, how do people get a hold of you, Patty? Oh, thank you. Uh, I am in Facebook, like Patty and I, uh, I, I post their information most in Spanish. <laughs> but <laughs> well, at least Facebook has a little that translate button, so it kind of helps yeah, a little bit. <laughs> that, that's really helpful. So I'm also in LinkedIn. You can find me like mm-hmm. Parianaya, also. Mm-hmm. And uh, anything uh, that I can serve of your community, I'm here to okay. uh, because uh, I think this uh, probation. Um, the, uh, uh, them, uh, it's, it's something that we have to talk more about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and really it's very it's something also that we have uh, in mind maybe um, I'm, I'm in Mexico and I'm not able to, to have to do these programs with you but maybe uh, we can connect and I know too many people that also uh, have my program in the United States. My, cro- my program is called Mission Character, and we have facilitators in the United States and in other countries. Mm-hmm. And also, sometimes it's something uh, just to have this talk, you know, to talk about uh, these things because it it makes you to realize that you can make uh, little little changes in your business mm-hmm. that can make a better culture, sure. a better um, no violent culture or a better uh, value culture. Mm-hmm. So uh, I I'm I'm able to to any any message that you, you can write to me, and I'm going to be very happy to to make these recommendations great well patty thank you for coming on this morning and my first international guest you did very well your english is great (laughs) thank you uh, you're doing important work down there and so hopefully yeah we can get you out here to the united states and do some work out here um so thank you again patty for joining me and thanks everyone for listening this is the purpose and profitability podcast if you have any have any other business questions or topics that you'd like to hear more about? Or if you want to hear more about Patty, go ahead and email me at prosper at i61businessdevelopment.com. That's prosper at the letter I, the number 61, businessdevelopment.com. Or go right to the Facebook page, Purpose and Profitability. And then tune in next week as we go live. Actually, I'm going to take a little bit of a break next week because uh, extended Thanksgiving uh, uh, weekend so but in a couple weeks we'll be back on live and then thanks again for listening this is robert fakui and remember purpose plus profit equals transformation god bless everyone have a great thanksgiving holiday thank you for joining us today we hope you have enjoyed this podcast for more information please visit purposeandprofit.com